Next on BYU Sports Nation, we now have 2020 vision on the 2020 BYU football schedule. What do you love and hate about it? Athletic Director Tom Homo joins us to discuss that, the Super Bowl, and the extended Stanford series. Plus, game night for BYU basketball. Is there any chance BYU overlooks Pepperdine with St. Mary's looming? Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live once again. Your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Wednesday, January 30th, wherever and however you're connected, great to have you with us. It's Super Bowl week, and we have a fantastic show. I'm Spencer Linton, teamed up with a guy whose biceps are as loaded as the 2020 BYU football schedule, Jerem Jordan. I think I want a schedule that's more like my physique than, say, Blaine Fowler's, whose biceps are always massive. Okay. I think he's got the biggest arms of anybody we bring on here. West of, like, a linebacker. Somewhere Jason Shepard is scoffing. I would love to see Blaine versus Jason. And an arm wrestle? Uh, Arm wrestle, there's so much gray area there. You know, if we're going (laughs) over the top rules or something, like, yeah, I want to see, like, bench press. Yeah, oh. And maybe it's relative to height or something because I think Blaine's a little taller than Jason, not by a ton, a couple inches right or whatever, but. That'd be interesting. Like reps at 225, a la the uh, pro day Whatever for BYU football. Wait, we need to do. If it's 225, great. Whatever. <laughs> they they make the call. We need to set that up. Or if it's 125, whatever. Maybe it's 125. <laughs> I don't know. This guy's a stronger <laughs> Like I said, we have an incredible midweek show lineup. Today is definitely not the day to skip out. BYU Athletic Director Tom Homo in studio talking about the extended football series with Stanford. It's now eight games. And... What it was like compiling the 2020 schedule, among other hot topics. He didn't ask me for my opinion on that. That's weird. I thought he would. I wonder if he'll ask you today, <laughs> Jerem. Yeah, we'll talk about it. Former BYU basketball coach Steve Cleveland on if there's any chance BYU falls into a trap game scenario against Pepperdine tonight in the Marriott Center. Plus, our and one picks for that hoops matchup. Bring on the Wednesday BYU Sports Nation headlines. The 2020 BYU football schedule is, yes, now official. Dates announced, opponents reaffirmed. BYU will face six Power 5 foes in 2020. Three opponents finished the 2019 campaign, ranked in the top 25. Minnesota, Utah, and Boise State. Like the 2019 season, BYU opens the season with four consecutive Power 5 games. Three of those on the road. What do you think about it? We'll jump into the love-hate relationship of these loaded BYU football schedules. Ball night at the Merritt Center. Men's Hoops host Pepperdine, 8.30 Eastern, pregame an hour earlier on BYU Radio. Pepperdine leads the nation in free throw percentage, so that uh, rock free throw defense is going to have to show up tonight. Two are tied for third in the West Coast Conference. BYU women's basketball at Portland tonight. In search of a sixth consecutive win, the Cougars opening a critical Road stretch in West Coast Conference play against the only two conference foes BYU has lost to. The Pilots, of course, and Gonzaga on Saturday. Tonight's game tips off at 10 Eastern, 7 Pacific. You can watch a live stream on the WCC Network. Portland, like second place BYU, has also won five straight games. And softball's picked to win the West Coast Conference again after six consecutive league titles. Cougars have five players on the preseason all-WCC team. Brigham ranked first in the WCC 
preseason poll, of course. Season begins next Thursday in Puerto Vallarta. There are worse places to open the season. Yeah, we say this every year. When you look at the early season schedule for BYU softball with trips to Palm Springs and Puerto Vallarta and yeah. Mesa, Arizona and Hawaii. And <laughs> That's the team to play on, man. They win and, and, and they, they win. go to cool place. Yes, they win all of the time. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. Present- You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Presented by Trio Senior Living. All right, Jerem, let's start with 2020 vision. We've known the basic makeup of the 2020 BYU football schedule for some time now. But the BYU Athletic Department makes it official as of yesterday. Four Power 5 opponents to open the season. Six Power 5 foes overall. A nice home slate that includes Michigan State and Missouri. And yes, another very challenging schedule overall. Jerem, what do you like about the schedule and maybe not so much like about the 2020 football schedule? I like winning more than anything else, so I'm not a huge fan of it. And here's why. It's just too hard. I've said this a lot. Six power fives. You open with four, three or four on the road. BYU has chosen that this is going to be the way they schedule. Now, that's fine. If you look at the schedule and you say, you know what? I just want to be like entertained game to game. I'm not really worried about the end result as much. Then I can see how you love the schedule. Like, look, I look at the schedule and I go, oh, those are some really good games. There are too many. That's the issue. There are too many good games. These are quality opponents, teams that when BYU scheduled them, they were really good. Now they're not as good, and they were bad when BYU scheduled them, and now they're good. Michigan State is not as good as they used to be, right? Minnesota is way better, way better than uh, when BYU scheduled this, right? Missouri uh, has some NCAA sanctions. They didn't go to a bowl game. That's a winnable game at home. So it's interesting. I, I look at a few things. There's only one gimme game on the schedule, by the way, Northern Alabama, North Alabama, live on BYU TV. Coming up this fall, that's unofficial, but we all know it's pretty official. Uh, opening the season on a Thursday against Utah, awesome. Minnesota's intriguing. Now that they're good, you could argue that's the best team on the schedule. We'll see how they rebound. Michigan State and Missouri, that's sweet. Renewing a series with Arizona State's awesome. I know you, you and I were teenagers when BYU played Arizona State. Those are some fun games. Uh, big fan base, right, in the Valley there. Mm. Three compelling games in November. Is interesting. Best November since 2013 when BYU played at Wisconsin and at Notre Dame. It's nice to be able to play uh, Boise State, San Diego State, and Stanford. And 2020 will be different than 2019, but it's interesting to see kind of how it shaked out. Three ranked teams in Utah, Minnesota, and Boise State. Four teams that won uh, 10 plus if you had San Diego State. And then this one, the winnability of the rest of the schedule based on 2019, which won't be what 2020 is, but let's talk about it. And it's our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. Seven of BYU's 2020 opponents won seven or fewer games. Okay. Those are, those are teams kind of on BYU's uh-huh. level, right? right? So I still think BYU's in the seven-ish win range on this schedule. Six or seven, I hope not five. But uh, it's a, certainly a tough schedule game. Yeah, the bowl game every week feeling with this schedule lined up the way it is kind of continues. It's fun. Like you said, games are very challenging, and the week-to-week is – a fun conversation because it's, in a lot of cases, especially in 2019, BYU's never played this team, and this is a new challenge, and the Cougars were going to Tennessee, and they're going to Toledo and South Florida. These are, these are fun, but winning is the most fun, right? Yes. Win- the issue for me is BYU lost to Toledo, South Florida, San Diego State, and Hawaii, and still won seven games, Jerem. 
It wasn't the Power 5 opponents. It wasn't the marquee matchups. I feel like BYU gets up for the marquee matchups. So I like that there are six Power 5 teams because I think that BYU will play their best football against those Power 5 teams and Boise State. And some of their worst football. The games that really concern me are the ones that BYU is supposed to win. So which one is BYU going to lose that they were supposed to win? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> can, can they avoid that? It's the same conversation as BYU basketball dropping a non-Saint Zaga game. Like, which game is BYU football going to lose to a team that what they probably should beat? Oh, Houston? Northern Illinois? Yeah, is, is it at Northern Illinois? Is it Utah Houston? State? Is Does, it, I mean, Utah State's not going to have Jordan San Diego Love. State and home? I don't think it will be, but... One of those games. If BYU can figure out those games, Jerem, then we're talking about a team that wins at least eight games every season. At least. Yeah. They and will play their best football. And eight gets old. It against does. Michigan State and Arizona State and Minnesota and who knows what's, what's going to happen against well, Utah. Well, they'll play their worst football in a couple of games then they're best in some others. Like, BYU played terribly against you. Okay, the that inconsistency is what is most troubling. If BYU can figure out a way – to beat some of these seven teams that finished 2019 with seven wins or fewer. And a couple of those, by the way, like Missouri and Stanford, right? Stanford was bad last year. I do like the balance of the 2020 schedule compared to 2019. Like the back end is more right. loaded. It's, it's it's a more compelling November. There's no UMass sitting there where we're like, ugh. No, BYU's whatever. got Boise State, San Diego State, and Stanford all in November. I like that. Is that good or bad given the injury history of BYU out of September? You know I, like I, mean? the, I like the balance BYU of it. You needed a crappy November to get to seven wins. They were, they were sitting at, what, three or four? At yeah. point? Unfortunately, BYU had a crappy November this year and already had seven wins and then sputtered out. They yeah. were, no, no, no. They needed to get to seven with the crappy November. That's what I'm saying. If BYU had had this November last year, they wouldn't have gone to a bowl game. Because that losing, playing San Diego State and Boise State and Stanford in November would have been death. BYU was able to play Idaho, the FCS team, and, and UMass, and there was yeah, another what cupcake. Is, what I is can't San Diego State Liberty this year? It's in ish. Provo, though. Yeah. It's in Provo, so that's different. Um, but at Stanford to close out the season, yeah, that's rough. Nobody prefers playing four straight Power 5 opponents to open up. Like, and if you do, you're crazy. I'm really done with that. What college why, football program in America prefers that? Why? BYU. BYU clearly does. They're doing it multiple seasons in a row. I think Kalani Satake will have been like the only guy in the country to have done this three times now. Okay. 2016. I will, I will 19, say this. I will say this. BYU will win more games next season than they did in 2019. They will win eight or more games. If they win eight plus, sweet. They will I just, win eight, eight games. It's relatively good. It's not actually good. No, they're going to win eight growth. games. It's growth, but it's not the growth we want, which is be relevant. Be someone that the nation talks about. Not for individual games, but for who you are the whole season. Right? Topic two, BYU extended a four-game series with Stanford, not to be confused with Samford, with four more games through 2035. Yeah. There's a three-year-old out there that will play in that game. What do you think? Uh, that my four-year-old Jet should be on the BYU football roster by the time 2035 rolls around. So we're we're going to make that a real goal in the Linton household. Sweet. It's crazy that we're scheduling games out to 2035, but yet here we are. Eight games of Stanford. I like Stanford on the schedule. Another regional Pac-12 game. I love that BYU fans will attend the road games on the farm with a huge well, contingent Stanford of alumni won't. in the Bay Area. Yes. Yeah, Stanford won't. Like they, BYU. I've been to a game there. They'll compete boring. with as many fans as Stanford They has. jokingly call it the library because it's so quiet. 
I like that most. So BYU's got to play four road games of the first five in this eight-game series in Northern California. Interesting. But there's a huge alumni base. BYU fans will be heard and felt because Stanford doesn't typically show out, especially right now. Stanford is a middling Pac-12 team. What are they next year? Well, they were bottom. Four Even when they're great and had Christian McCaffrey, they still they, they had trouble filling the stands. It's crazy. So they're, I, they're all making money. Why would they go to a football game? I don't know, the, it, it makes sense to me to have Stanford basically an annual opponent. Yeah, I wish BYU had more home games up front. Four of the first five on the road is tough. No way around it. But I like the matchup. And BYU's competing with Stanford in recruiting. This is another chance at basically an annual solid victory. BYU will play good football against Stanford. I'm, I'm not worried about the Power Five opponents. They get up for those games. Can they get up for San Diego State? Can they raise it up for Northern Illinois in DeKalb, Illinois? If we can't, what are we doing? Let's go. For those teams. Let's go. What? Yeah. It's easy to get up for the big games. You're mentally weak if you can't get up for the other one. That's the challenge. Okay, Stanford, yes. Micro view? Oh, awesome. Yeah, Stanford view? Fantastic. Macro view? No. It's another power five adding to these schedules. I I understand why BYU does this. I I totally get it. I just want to win more than I want to do anything else. So adding more power fives doesn't help the cause. Okay, but does adding more G5s help the cause? Because my argument is that BYU is not beating G5 teams right now. It seems like BYU has bigger issues than just... Like, what level of uh, opponent there is, I guess, right? BYU's got some issues. Stanford is, uh, I don't expect they'll be down long. They were 4 and 8 last year. KJ Costello, their quarterback, got hurt. He's transferring. They were starting three freshmen alone by the end of the season. It was like a forgettable season for Stanford. I doubt they'll be that team. I bet they'll be an 8 plus 1 team. And BYU going on the road and winning games against teams that won at least 8 has been a thing they've not done very often um, in the past 20, 25 years, right? Even when BYU was good, they needed that team to not be good at the end of the year. Number three, Pitt. Oh, what a win. At the end, it was a great win. At the end of the year, that team's 3-7-1. That's why it's winnable. If that team is 8-3-1, maybe it's not as winnable. Yeah, right? BYU beats Tennessee, USC, and Boise State in 2019. Teams yeah. that were respectable at the end of the season. Yeah, and got blown out at home to an 8-5 and five Washington team. Utah sputters at the end, but won 11. Yes, you need to go and win these games. So, micro, yeah, great. Stanford, awesome. Like, why not? Yeah. Macro, no. Another Power Five. Why? Why? Why, why pile on the Power Fives? It's, we're sh- BYU football is showing that it's not working. Like, BYU can't handle it competitively. At what point uh, do what we do realize, you, what do we do? Like, why do we do this? Okay, well, they went two and two in the first four. Is that not handling Power Five opponents competitively in 2019? It's not the Power Five teams that are worrying not- me. 500 consistently, that, and it's actually 40% historically. Historically, yes, but they were better than that last year. Right, in a single year. Great. Fifth, half. Sweet. Two losses. Two lo- we, su- we sign up for two losses. Six. six Max out at three and three, probably. We've you signed you up think, for three okay, losses. Okay, so let's say there are three power fives Once on the schedule. Once you lose three, you're, you're Let's say out there are the three power fives on the schedule, and the rest are G5s. If BYU's not getting mentally up for these other group of five games, is it really better to schedule those other teams right now? It's easier for BYU to figure out that part than to go and beat more Power Fives. I don't know do that disagree? it is right now because you, they're not. Pro- you th- they're pro- you think they're proving it's otherwise. easier for BYU to go and play more Power Fives they than are beat proving, South Florida consistently? They are proving otherwise. Are they not lately? No, because they have a higher win percentage against the G5s than the Power Fives. Historically, but not in the last few years. Show me the numbers there. 
I bet Let's you, look at I bet you BYU's not dipping below 50% against G5s. That's a silly idea. Come on. It's closer than you think. It's closer then, than you think. Then get the coaching staff to mentally prepare this team. That's the issue. That's what I'm saying. What's okay. the issue? Coaching needs to be but better. Don't, Execution don't tell needs me to be we're better. Gonna those... Add more power fives instead of that. Come on. Is BYU the numbers playing bad football against, against the power fives? Against the power Are they fives? playing bad football against power Are they playing better against power fives or better against group of five teams? Group of five. The they're winning percentage playing, is better. They're not playing better brand of football against those teams. Okay, brand of football is so subjective. Of course went, it is. I went from a numbers-based idea. <laughs> it wasn't convenient for you, so now you brought it to a subjective idea. What, 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 what wasn't convenient for me? My that opinion the, is that, that the I'm G5 not worried about is group of higher five. than power five. I though. can disagree with you, and it's okay. Like, Who says it's not? Of course it's okay. Well, you're acting it's, like it's not okay. It's the, it's, I'm not okay with you shifting the narrative without acknowledging the shift. I feel like BYU plays better against Power 5 teams than Group of 5 teams. That's my take. Can you comprehend that? Can you I, follow I that? I can. I can also comprehend that 50% is not a great winning percentage. Okay. All right. Question of the day. What do you I like will never be okay with or that. dislike about the 2020 BYU football schedule? At Twiggerstone on Twitter says, I like the fact that I am interested to watch almost all of those teams. No real November lull. The antithesis is that you could end up with a lot of losses if things do not go well. That's what's been bearing out, and that's the frustration, right? Can BYU beat the teams they're supposed to beat? If they do, they'll win 8-plus every year. They who, will do that. Who says BYU is supposed to beat these? Is this the 84 team? Uh, what? What? Sorry, BYU is what they do, and right now they're not winning. They're, they're not a, beating group of five they're teams. They're like a seven-win season. Yeah, yeah. Time to hear from uh, the rest of you. Hashtag BYUSN. You can add to the conversation Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. I want BYU to be better. Get better right now. Let's go. Coming up, BYU Athletic Director Tom Hummel in studio to discuss the schedule and much more. Plus, Steve Cleveland, the former BYU basketball coach. Is there any way that BYU is overlooking Pepperdine with St. Mary's on the way? This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. It's a ball night at the Marriott Center. BYU and Pepperdine in WCC play. Coverage begins at 7.30 Eastern on BYU Radio. We are live in Studio B. This is your day-to-day BYU sports play-by-play. I'm Spencer Linton alongside Jerem Jordan. Joining us now on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline is our good friend and former BYU basketball head coach Steve Cleveland as we look ahead to Pepperdine. Coach, is there any way with your coaching hat on that BYU is overlooking Pepperdine tonight, knowing that St. Mary's is looming on Saturday in a huge game. Uh, I would be really surprised if that were the case. Uh, just knowing the coaching staff and just watching these players over the last two months, uh, they, they don't seem to be in. That's not the mode or mindset they get in. I, I think they understand that every game is big, especially this time of year. And I think the thing you can't underestimate is all the upsets and all the things that can happen. Uh, to teams that appear to be in the NCAA tournament, and there's upsets in tournaments, so you just can't take a night off. I, I have no doubt in my mind that they'll be prepared and ready. They're at home. There'll be a big crowd, and uh, they play well at home. All the losses in league by Pepperdine, the three. Three points uh, against Pacific, five points against Gonzaga on the road. That was way close, 18 points closer than BYU did, right? And uh, nine-point loss to St. Mary's. So they've competed um, what is it about Pepperdine that poses a threat to BYU, in your opinion? Well, well first of all, they got pretty much everybody back. And the two Edwards, you know, his brothers, uh, both are athletic and can play around the rim and uh, 
younger Cameron Edwards, he's you know he's strong and it can rebound it, and the other Edwards can shoot the three. Um, they're very consistent, and we I watched them play in that tournament last year. They had a couple of big wins before they got beat, but uh, this is a dangerous team. I, I've been talking about it being a dangerous team on the road. Probably not as dangerous. I, I think that the opportunity for them to come into here. Uh, it's just the depth perception of the arena and not playing in big arenas sometimes can be a disadvantage for a visiting team. Colby Ross, uh, he, he can go for 30 if you don't guard him right. You know, and I think it's important that, uh, that BYU has you know, have full attention on Colby Ross because he's a guy that's not afraid of the moment. He'll take big shots. He'll take shots that don't look like good shots but go in. So uh, I don't think you can sleep on Pepperdine. I, I just just from what they were last year in terms of how well they played at the end of the year, and they've had some close games. So BYU will have to give them their best shot, and they're going to have to really have to going to have to guard. They can't allow Pepperdine to make shots early and get confidence because if that happens, it will be a very competitive game. But if they defend and block out and run over a 40-minute game, uh, Pepperdine won't beat them if BYU comes to play. Coach, what is the best way to defend Colby Ross? Well, I, I think, first of all, in transition, you, you know, the, where he's dangerous is in transition. And I don't know all of the schemes, but I know defensively, in defensive transition, first guy's got to get him. You've you got to get him early. And, and then you've got to push him to a side. You can't let him come down the middle of the floor and all of a sudden, you know, he breaks you down. So you can't get broken down in transition because then people have wide open shots. And, again, he's strong enough to go to the rim and really, transition time is where BYU is not going to be as strong defensively. You know, with, with Yoli in there or others where there's some size, you can protect the rim. But in transition, you can't. So, number one, I think you've got to make sure you stop them in transition. Number two, I think you have to do different things off of ball screens. I mean, you can show hard and have the defender go under, or you can switch. That's the one thing that uh, the BYU really enjoys the luxury of it. Basically, for the most part, they can almost go one to five and switch all screens and, and it's not a perfect matchup when Yoli uh you know would switch with him but one to four you probably switch one to four so you don't let him turn a corner because once he turns the corner and gets in it he can take a pull-up mid-range jumper or certainly come off the screen and knock the three down but I think transition has to be most long rebounds and they get it and go BYU needs to be we have a hand up and contesting all shots Aside from getting the best shooters to the line, uh, Pepperdine leads the country in free throw percentage, 81.4%. The Rock is going to play a role tonight. What's the key to having a great free throw shooting team? Well, it starts with guys who fundamentally sound. I mean, you know, there, there is a mental part of this, but, but their bigs all are, you know, they're really kind of undersized bigs. They're all guys that have played on the wing and the perimeter throughout high school. And, uh, you know, when you're a good shooter, and that that helps. And number two, just all of the repetition, and then of course doing it, uh, it when the lights are on and when there's there's a moment that you need to make them. All of those things lend to, themselves to confidence. I think coaches play a big role in guys being good free throw shooters. They take the time in practice. They create situations where there's pressure. Uh, all of those things can contribute. But I think a, a big part of it is it's just the repetition of it, doing it over and over and over again. Uh, certainly, the rock will. You know, they'll, they'll play a part in that, but big shooters, usually good shooters aren't really affected that much by that. And I think more the the stress and the pressure of the moment of what's the score in the game and how meaningful is this basket. But they proved themselves to be pretty good free throw shooters. BYU would certainly probably have to be the toughest place for a visitor to come in and shoot free throws. 
but these are things you do 100 times, 200. These guys are shooting 100, 200 free throws at a time. They don't go home until they make 10 in a row. Uh, good free throw shooters will put the time in. That doesn't just happen by accident. Steve Cleveland with us on BYU Sports Nation. Let's zoom out a little bit and look at BYU's current NCAA tournament at-large resume. In your opinion, do the Cougars have to beat everybody else on the West Coast Conference schedule, including Pepperdine tonight and St. Mary's on Saturday, besides Gonzaga, to feel confident about having a secure spot on Selection Sunday? If they beat, if they win both games this week, they're you know I think the only thing they got if they win both games this week, they have a solid position. I think what 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 they can't do is lose to someone else, if they get beat by Gonzaga, I mean, getting that bye game, the, the thing that can hurt is they lose to a St. Mary's or to a Pepperdine. They lose a game this week, and then they get beat by Gonzaga, and all of a sudden they don't get a great seed and don't get, you know, they don't get to the finals. You don't know what else is happening around the country. And that's not, that's not a real positive scenario, and it's not one that I think is going to happen. But if, if they don't, sweep this weekend and they get beat by Gonzaga and don't get that second seed where you get a double bye and they get beat early in a game, now they're really on the bubble. But uh, I really feel confident that uh, this is a week. They, they, they know how important this is. Playing at home, uh, they certainly had opportunities at St. Mary's. It, neither game will be easy. I think obviously the Saturday game will be a game that will be very tempoed out. It's going to be low scoring. and uh, But you never know. Both teams really prepared with St. Mary's and BYU. Pepperdine uh, doesn't have anything to lose, so they're, they're not going to come in here nervous or afraid of the moment. But I think there is a scenario where BYU becomes a bubble team if they don't win both these games and don't get that second seed. If they lose to St. Mary's and don't get the second seed, they, they, they need to get to the finals. And, and, and right now, indications are they're locked in at, you know, net is 19 or 20, and all the predictions are that, hey, they're in and they're done. But you can't underestimate what can happen the last four or five weeks of a college basketball season. Yeah, Ken Palm. Get up, yeah, sure, sure. Ken Palm, nineteen twenty, net twenty nine. Those those are good numbers. But you got to take care of business this week. You, you do, you do, because they're, they're going to be upset. Some people are going to get in that shouldn't have got in, and all of a sudden you start going down that pecking order and realize, wow, we we regardless of how good it's been, and I and I do honestly believe they'll be in the tournament, but they could really help themselves by winning both games this week. Coach, great stuff. We appreciate the time as always. You'll be watching with a close eye tonight. Thank you. I will. Thanks, guys. Steve Cleveland on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, you know why we show how. After the break, Tom Homel in studio with some news. Super Bowl, Stanford Extension, 2020 schedule, and a few other gold nuggets on topic. This is BYU Sports Nation. Join us next Wednesday, February 5th, for a BYU Sports Nation special football signing day. As the Cougars complete the class of 2020, noon Eastern, BYU TV, BYU Radio. As promised, Athletic Director Tom Holmo will join us in Studio B in just a moment. A loaded conversation with him, but first. Sports Nation breaking news. You've been waiting a while for this. BYU and ESPN have announced a new seven-year agreement that will broadcast the Cougars' home games at least four annually each season through 2026. A minimum of three games will be carried on ABC, ESPN, or ESPN2. Additional games will be aired on the same three networks or 
ESPNU, and at least one game will be carried live on BYU TV. We think it's going to be North Alabama well, in 2020. We're, we're going to ask for, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> a better one. But we're going to no. ask for Missouri. We're getting, we're getting North Alabama. It's all good. We're happy. All games will be available to stream on the ESPN app. Now, within that seven-year agreement that takes BYU and ESPN through 2026, there is an announced bowl agreement. In 2020, 2022, and 2024, BYU will compete in ESPN-owned and operated bowls. In 21, 23, and 25, BYU is slated to play in the Independence Bowl. Report, here we come. In Louisiana. The 21 and 25 games will happen against a Conference USA opponent. The 2023 Independence Bowl is lined up for a Pac-12 opponent. Now there is Utah. a Cheez-It Bowl option, Jerem. Talk about the Cheez-It Bowl and I how love this Cheez-It. plays into it. I love Cheez-Its. Okay. If the Big Ten or Big 12 are unable to provide an opponent, uh, BYU would option in lieu of an Independence Bowl and one ESPN event bowl game. So there's an option to just go to two Independence Bowls, potentially, uh, if BYU goes to a Cheez-It Bowl. So what we have here is three different contracts. One, home games with ESPN for seven years. At least four, as you mentioned. Three on ABC, ESPN, ESPN2. Two. two, Independence Bowl for three seasons, unless one of those years, the Big Ten or Pac-12 doesn't supply one to the Cheez-It Bowl. And the other contract is uh, with other ESPN-owned bowl games. And BYU has played in several of those past couple of years. BYU fans have been waiting for this since media day when uh, we were told it was close, right? So here we are. Took a little bit longer than we want. Whatever. Seven more years with ESPN. When BYU went independent, it went independent, in my opinion, because of ESPN, because that was an option. If the Cougars couldn't stay and get what they wanted in the Mountain West, independence was going to work and works because of ESPN. Not only the home games being broadcast to a uh, nation, and, uh, but also because of quality opponents. BYU stays we in the ESPN conference. How many quality opponents is yes. good, right? Yes. But the, the fact is that BYU has too many that are good, which is a great problem. BYU stays in the ESPN conference for the next seven right. years. And let's all be honest. It's better than being in the Mountain West. There's more money there. There's more exposure. The schedule's better. And if, if that's what you want, it's fantastic right it, now. And, and the collaboration with ESPN has been awesome. And Tom Homel now joins us in studio uh, moments after the announcement of the ESPN deal. All right, Tom uh, first of all, looking great in that uh, suit jacket the and tie. Suit. Cougar blue. This is a big day. This is a big day, obviously. We just broke the news uh, about the new schedule. Um, first of all, what, what is your when you first saw it come to fruition and you signed the contract and it was all done, what, what went through your mind? Hallelujah. <laughs> it's been a long time. I, I really knew that this was going to be completed and finished and We've been talking with ESPN for a number of years. It's great to have a relationship with them to where you know things are good. It took a long time to get completed because uh, they were busy, we were busy, uh, our, but we were always in conversation. We were always in communication, and sometimes I'd say, hey, where are we on this thing? Are we done? And they'd go, oh, sorry, and then they'd come back and say, hey, you guys all right with this? We gave you this thing. Um, in the end, it's what we wanted. It's really good, and we're real happy about it. Was there any question that you'd stay with ESPN, or did you look around to see what else was? No, we, we knew we would be with ESPN. That that was just they're the they're a great partner to us. We have had a great relationship with them for a long time. We work so well with them. We I can't get into the details, but we trade cameras, and 
it's amazing what BYU TV, BYU Broadcasting does with ESPN. It's just like fits like a hand in the glove, and they've been go so good to us for so many years. It would be it would take something crazy for that to change. Is it? I know you're not going to say the number, but is it equal to or more than money per home game than you got before? More. It's more. Yes. Tom Homo with us on BYU Sports Nation. You look at ABC, ESPN, ESPN2, there will be three games broadcasted in Provo on those networks. Uh, ESPNU is an option. Those other bigger networks are also an option if the game merits it. Where does ESPN Plus factor into this for BYU? I think ESPN Plus is just available to ESPN's fan base. I mean, I get on ESPN Plus sometimes to look at a game that I'm interested in that's somewhere back east or down south or another conference. So it's a great... Uh, medium for people to watch games, but our games aren't going to be solely on ESPN3, or excuse me, ESPN+. And perhaps on the road, and we should explain that. So at Toledo, BYU has nothing to do with where that game is broadcast, right? (laughs) Flow football, UMass, right? It can get weird sometimes. What was different in this negotiation and contract than when you first did it? And did you learn anything from the first contract into this? Well, the world of college athletics is changing at a rapid pace. I think the world of of broadcasting, as you very well know, is changing. You're looking at things that are linear, which is on TV that we traditionally know it, to being on our um, tablets or our telephones or on our computer. And I, I can't tell you how many times now I'm watching in front of my computer BYU um, a sport versus Pacific or LMU, and it's a great broadcast. It's on the computer. It's, we didn't do that five, ten years ago. The big question was, are we going to go off TV and are we going to watch things on Google or Yahoo or Hulu or whatever it might Netflix be? Netflix was thrown Netflix in there. Yeah, yeah. and all those things. What I've learned from this is our fans across the country, including BYU, they love live TV. Now, the simulcast or broadcast onto your, your internet, through the internet, makes it so convenient. It's amazing for me to be different places across the country, and I go, hey, I got to, what are you watching? I'm watching BYU. What are you watching it on? Oh, the BYU TV app. And they're like, what? Thanks for what that are plug, you Tom. talking? <laughs> what? It's real. I know. And I show it to them, and they're like, that's in HD. I'm like, mm-hmm. That's right. And, and we've been able that way to – we've had trouble getting on satellites, but it doesn't matter in 2020. It just doesn't matter. Look, it, I mean, it really doesn't take much to figure out where BYU sports are. You can get them all the time, and if it's a home game, it's going to be super great. If it's a road game, you're at the mercy of whoever you're playing. But most schools, most universities now take it pretty seriously. They need to, just like us, to make it right for their fans. We've talked in the past about how tricky the bowl game contracts can be, and um, it, it's, uh, it goes without saying you've got to work through a lot of really, really intricate details to make that happen. BYU signs a three-year contract with the Independence Bowl, and then there are three years where you'll be in a bowl game. You just don't know which one it is yet. So how did you come to an agreement that that was the approach that you wanted to go forward with bowl games? I think the bowl game contract was a lot more trickier. Not necessarily the contract, but just how are we going to do this? And the reason being that all the conferences, P5, as well as Group of Five, they're all affiliated with bowls now. So you can take any Group of Five conference and look, and they have their own bowl lineup. And that takes a lot of the bowl games away. So there's not a lot like there used to be that are kind of open or quote-unquote independent where 
you can get into the game. They can go pick them. And because that's the way it's turned to, it used to be a time where the bowls were, they had their, they just go out and it was kind of like open market. It was like the, the economy, here's how you go. Here's how the market works. You go get the best teams that you can get. But they've come to this conclusion that it works better for everybody to have it all worked out ahead of time. So you have the, the Big Ten number six against the ACC team number seven. It's hard to believe that that's the case, but that takes up a lot of bowls. So we had an opportunity to work this out with ESPN. And we, it, was, it was kind of fun for me this year. There's about, I'd say about four different groups that called me up and said, hey, we want to start a bowl, and we want BYU to be the anchor. You'll be in it every year. Mm, I don't think that was really what we wanted to do. It wouldn't have been great for our fans. Well, when the Independence Bowl came along, it was nice to be able to say, hey, we can get into that bowl. We know we're going to be in that bowl that year if we're bowl eligible, and they do too. And it was a great relationship for, to forge. But there's a way with the Cheez-It Bowl where now we can get to Arizona on a given year, and Independence Bowl was fine with that. And we can get to the Cheez-It Bowl with the ESPN games in a given time. So one year that and one year that. So you look at the Independence, and one of the games would be against a Pac-12 opponent, and two of the games would be against Conference USA. Uh, we all know how many fans we have down in the South. They love their football. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so I think it's going to be, considering all the situations, a really good opportunity to have some fun in bowl season. Uh, six, so it's a seven-year deal. Six bowl games were mentioned. Is 2026 kind of open right now? Yeah. Is that TBD? It, it was something we did with uh, it, the, the six-year cycle now of bowl games is when ESPN will – that's their cycle. And that's, that's six one, years. They'll restart another gotcha. one. Gotcha. So we, we kind of match up with them. It was good for them. And, you know, in this situation, what was good for them in the ball games was really good for us. <laughs> oh, what a great day on BYU Sports Nation and across BYU Sports Nation, the announcement of the ESPN deal through 2026. Uh, we'd like you to stick around for a little sure. while longer. Is that okay? Sure. We've got a lot to talk to you about. In fact, we could have done the whole show with you, I think. We're just doing two <laughs> segments. But coming up, Tom Homo on the four more games with Stanford. Yes, the athletic director on his experience in the Super Bowl as well and advice he has for his BYU guys. We'll be thinking about that. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Friday night, we have number two versus number three as BYU's Gabby Garcia-Fernandez, who leads the nation in aces per set with one a set, and the Cougars host UC Santa Barbara Friday, 9 Eastern time. Cannot wait to see BYU this Alongside Jerem Jordan, I'm Spencer Linton. If you're just joining us, we are with BYU Athletic Director Tom Holmo. The Cougars just officially announced a new seven-year agreement with ESPN that will extend through the 2026 season to broadcast a minimum of four BYU home games each season, with three of those carried on ABC, ESPN, or ESPN2 at the least. Also, a bowl game agreement is in place. You can always go back and listen to the podcast if you want those details. But we got to push it forward because there are other things to discuss, like an eight-year agreement now with Stanford. Tom, that came out yesterday, BYU extending that series with the Cardinal. Why was Stanford uh, an opponent that you wanted to have on the schedule for what feels like almost an annual basis? Why not? I think Stanford is a great school. I think it has a great name and a great brand. It stands for something great in the world of education and in athletics. 
It's probably the number one athletic department in the country. But they have a great football program, uh, great tradition, great history. It's a regional team, so the travel makes it nice. Obviously, we have an agreement of similar stature with Boise State, and that helps us a lot too. It's hard to do a game like that or a series like that of that term with someone out of your region. The travel has to be important, has to be important for the fans to be able to get there. And we were just thrilled. I'm, I'm good friends with their athletic director, uh, Bernard Muir, and I'm good friends with their um, head coach, David Shaw, who was a wide receiver when I coached down there. So um, we're very fortunate to do that. It works well with the Pac-12 scheduling, which is always important when we're scheduling at BYU. It worked great for later games in the season. Not all those games are going to be late, but some of them are later in the season, which we sometimes get log jammed with playing all these early season games and then we're front loaded. Can we just call this a de facto Pac-12 agreement? <laughs> you can call it whatever you want. It's yeah. not. I mean, it's a good it's a good series. There's enough of them that it feels regular, right? Which is great. Four of the first five here are going to be at Stanford. Was that something that just worked out better for them? Yeah, well, it worked out to do the deal. That's how it worked. Okay. Um there's their schedules are already pretty much um, thick and, and in place, somewhat with ours. So basically when you're looking at two teams or, and they're talking in a discussion, you put your schedules together and go, oh, home, away, home, away, home, away. With Stanford, it was going to be, if we don't do it this way, we're not going to have the series. Had a good conversation with Kalani and said, I think this will be all right. You know, it's, it's, it's close. We'll work around those games, so we're still going to have six, and, six home and six road every year. Right. It's just that we're, and we're more there. open than they are in terms yeah, of sure. looking forward, probably. Right? Athletic Director Tom Holmo with us on BYU Sports Nation. Uh, I like the alumni base that exists in Northern California, and we were talking about this earlier, but while BYU does play four of the first five on the road, BYU fans should show up for this game. Should they not? Sure. I mean, I, I think the last time we played in um, Palo Alto was, I'm going to say somewhere like 2004. Four? Yeah. Is that what it is? Yeah. So. And it, it was great. And it's just, I love the expression on the athletic directors and the people's faces where we go for the first time. And they go, where did all these people come from? You guys travel really well. They, they, you brought all these people from Utah. I said, no, they're in your own backyard. They'd be here. They'll be here all the time whenever we play you. And when we played Stanford in the uh, playoff game in soccer, when we played them in the NCAA tournament in baseball, it doesn't matter mm-hmm. what the sport is. We're going to turn out in droves. 2020 schedule is out as well. We've basically known this for a while. It was finalized and released. Uh, what are your thoughts on 2020? 2020 is a good schedule. It's a, it's a good, really good home schedule, some tough teams away. It's another tough schedule. I think it's comparable, if not harder, than last year. But I think um, as we looked at last year in the rearview mirror, uh, they, I think the consensus is there's a few games that we you know, could have won. There's a few games people thought that we wouldn't win that we did. And so this team is, uh, you know, has to keep growing, has to be, be able to be more consistent. But I think that with this schedule, we play the way that we're supposed to win, play, play and win the games that we're supposed to win. And th- when I say that, ask the players on the team which games they think they're supposed to win. <laughs> and uh, I think it'll be for a good, it'll meant for a good year. All right, Tom, let's uh, talk about the Super Bowl now before you go because you got a bunch of good friends that are going to be participating in this game. Andy Reid, uh, a friend that goes way back, coaching the Kansas City Chiefs. He and Dirty Dan, Daniel Sorensen are there. 
And then Fred Warner of your beloved San Francisco 49ers who are back in the big game. What do you think of this matchup? I love it. I think it's a great game. They're two great teams. It's been fun to watch all the the hype on all the sports networks to be able to just the lead up to the game gets my heart beating fast because I know how it is. And I'm just thinking of those players right now and those coaches and just trying to get themselves right and get that focus for the game. I really think that every Super Bowl, if you look back through the history, there's a lot of blowouts in the Super Bowl. And the reason being is that some teams get overhyped and overshoot. And some teams are just zeroed in. And I I love Andy Reid and he's a teammate of mine. Uh, Some some people don't realize that John Lynch, the general manager of the 49ers, was a DB for me at Stanford. So I have uh, I got family in this game on both sides, um, and uh, it, it's I can't wait. I, I'm this is probably one of the Super Bowls that I didn't play in or coach that I'm most looking forward to. And you have four rings, right? Yeah, a couple. Sun, Sunday, will you tweet out a photo of you holding no, up the four no, rings? No, no. Just, okay, just text me. Just I'll let you do okay. it. Okay, yeah, and then I'll tweet it. <laughs> All right, Tom, uh, what advice would you give to Daniel Sorensen and Fred Warner, this being their first big Super Bowl game? Both of these guys played very well this season. They're both very um, cerebral players. They have a great knowledge of the game. They both have very good instincts. You know, play with what got you there. Sometimes kids get into this game and they think they want to try to be the MVP. They want to you know, drive home and be at Disneyland the next day or however it goes. You know, done the MVP, you get to go to Disney. Like gets a truck and, yeah, goes yeah, to whatever. Yeah, but yeah, whatever. I, you just go play with how you got. There. I really think that both of those guys will have really good games. I think that they're um, both mature kids. I think that they're going to talk to their mentors. They'll listen well to their coaches. There's great veterans on both teams that are friends of theirs. I think they'll both step into this game very well prepared to play great. You want to go on record with a prediction? 49ers, I'm a, I'm, I'm, that's my team. That's who I'm going with. As much as I love Andy and I'm very close with Danny, um, it's in my blood. I mean, I've, it just feels like I've just got too many people. All my boys from the past, we're texting, we're calling. <laughs> we're, we got uh, videos going back and forth, and it's, it's making me feel giddy. I'm like a little kid. <laughs> so uh, I'm really excited this for this is, This game. is a good week for you. 2020 schedules out, the ESPN deal, the Super Bowl. Well, anything else we can time. do this week? <laughs> hey, BYU basketball. Oh, yeah, yeah, let's go. Yeah, Pepperdine. Wait, wait, Pepperdine. Pepper we Pepper Pepper Tom, the players can take it one game at a time. We can take it multiple. <laughs> We're good. Yeah. Thanks for coming in, Tom. All right, thanks, thanks, Tom. Guys. Appreciate it. Coming up, fresh and one picks for the most important game in the history of the planet. Right and now. BYU and Pepperdine. Yeah. My rise and shout out to one of our broadcasting colleagues. In fact, he was on the show last week. He's moving up in life. This is BYU Sports Nation. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. You can always subscribe, rate, and review the show wherever you get your podcasts. The show's on demand on the BYU TV and BYU Radio apps. Okay, it's time to play and one. Picks, predictions, and one. On BYU Sports News. You know the drill. Two picks. First is worth two. If you get that one right, then you have an opportunity. A bonus shot. Free throw of sorts for an extra point. My first and one pick tonight for BYU and Pepperdine. Yoli Childs and Jake Toulson will combine for 38 or more points. Together, they're averaging 36.8. I think they go 38 plus tonight. And one. BYU will cover the spread, which means they will win by 14 or more in the Marriott Center. My two-pointer, Colby Ross and the Edwards brothers. 
will count for 64% or fewer of Pepperdine's points. Right now, they average 63.6. So And what? They will go under that. And my N1 pick, BYU won't cover. Uh, okay. Pepperdine has played all of its WCC games within single digits except for a win against Portland. So I think this will be a single I think they're going to bring it. They played a five-point game at Gonzaga. I think they played through the tough. If BYU hadn't lost to San Francisco, I'd probably agree with you. But I think angry BYU shows up tonight. Arr. And they win. They cover tonight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Our question of the day as we move on from our and one picks. Uh, by the way, Jeremy's leading 27-26. And we have removed Jason from the scoreboard. We just took him off. <laughs> enough is enough. Our question of the day, what do you He's like mad about the bench rest thing. or dislike about the 2020 <laughs> BYU football schedule? Let's go to our elite voice of the day presented by Sundance Mountain Resort. D Johnson gang on Instagram says, if you are a competitor, you love this. If you are interested in rankings and a win loss record, not so much. I love it. Okay. I like winning more than I like competing. Today's rise and shout outs. Uh, mine goes to Pepperdine golfer Saheth Thigala. So Sunday, he played a pa- practice round about 10 miles away from the crash site where mm. Kobe Bryant and eight others uh, tragically passed away. Thigala says Bryant was his inspiration and his hero. He carried Bryant's jersey for 18 hole- holes in his bag Tuesday, shooting a 6-under, 66 to win the Southwestern. BYU was in this tournament, by the way. He wore it on 18 green for his final two putts, and he uh, said he did it for Kobe. Yeah, outstanding stuff. My rise and shout-out goes to one of our broadcasting colleagues, the voice of Pacific men's basketball, Zach Bayrudi, is also now the former voice of the Stockton Port single-A baseball team because he has moved up to the ranks of triple-A baseball. He is the new broadcasting voice of the Reno Aces. Zach Bayrudi, really good broadcaster, great guy, been on the show a bunch of times. I think he's going to be a Major League Baseball play-by-play man, uh, really, sooner than later. Like That's he, awesome, He's man. making his way up, so congratulations Very exciting Zach. for Zacharias, yeah. one of our homies. There are a bunch of younger play-by-plays in the league, and uh, we're friends with, all, it seems like all of them, but the younger guys, uh, obviously, we attach to in a different way, and uh, Zach's one of those guys that we really like, so yeah. he's awesome. Our thanks to today's guest, BYU Athletic Director Tom Homo and former BYU basketball head coach Steve Cleveland. Sorry to Dennis, been in no time there was yesterday, but that's why we were gone. Uh, the conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Use the hashtag BYUSN. For Jeremiah, I'm Spencer. Shout out to Bart Oates. Stay tuned for BYU basketball with Mark Pope. It airs right after the break. It does? Does it? It's Thursday, it doesn't. Oh, that's right. I missed Wednesday.